0: Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you joined us today. It's our prayer that this message is a blessing and encouragement to your life. For a list of messages, to stream live services, and for updates about events and more info, visit lifechurchroa.org. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's this week's message Listen to this before you're seated. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you i thirst for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water i've seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory because your love is better than life come on if that don't get somebody excited in here nothing's going to your love is better than life because of that, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest foods, with singing lips, my mouth will praise you. Come on. Can you give him praise tonight? Can you give him praise tonight? Mm, mm, mm. Whew, you may be seated. We're inching ever closer to the new year, and I got some stuff to share with you, so we're gonna get moving. Can I, I'm sorry, Paul. (laughs) I told you I wouldn't go off my notes, but I just, I feel a, a deep, deep sense of this question for the year. And it's a, the world sees the question as something different. I got teenagers, so I'm really careful about the words that I pick and the things that I use because the world takes things and twists them and molds them into something that isn't what it should be. But I can't shake this question Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? Do you live like you're thirsty? It's funny, I heard this a couple times tonight while people were playing games. Somebody would say, oh, she's getting thirsty, right? And I just kind of let it blow over. And I've been I've been in this room walking this sanctuary. I got a path that I walk. I come up here to cross, down, all the way back around, up here, down, and all the way back around. 25 times is a mile. And I get in here and I just pray a mile every once in a while. And I was asking God, do you have a word for life church in 2024? And I got nothing. Until we started living life together and boom, 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 all across the room. I heard that. I heard that and we're singing tonight and I didn't even know the set list. I'm that guy. I haven't checked Paul. I'm sorry. I haven't looked at the set list at all yet. It comes up in a song and I just that question, just a very simple question. Church, are you thirsty? Do you want the living water? Will you do what it takes to get it? Mm. I want you to hang on to that while we dig into the word tonight. If you've been driving around Roanoke any length of time or any of the last little bit, you've run into uh, one of the most anxiety-ridden signs that I've ever seen in my entire life. One of the most anxiety-driven moments that I come to, okay? And it's called a roundabout. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? The only other thing that makes my chest, my heart beat out of my chest more are blue lights coming on behind me. I know them guys put their pants on the same way I do, but something about a blue light behind me. My heart drops to my toes and I wonder what I'm doing wrong. And then they come to the window and ask me if I know. I'm like, listen, if I knew, I probably wouldn't have been doing it with you sitting there. Come on. But when I get to the sign, it's it's usually a yellow sign with arrows just circling around. Something happens inside of me. It's like I go stupid. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? I cannot be the... Anybody anybody feel that tonight? Y'all just let me hang out here. Dang. I don't believe you. Look, if nobody feels it, this sermon is going to be short. But here's the thing about the roundabout. The more I drive it, the more I like it 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 doesn't it doesn't mess with me quite as much each time right and now they put one like i'm going to my in-laws and so i drive down there all the time and i'm starting to get used to it but there's still something that happens when it's been like a month and i haven't driven one of those things and so for this sermon and for the series that we're entering into for the new year i started looking up things about roundabouts do you know there's roundabouts without lane markers can't stay in my lane without lane markers going straight. You ever tried to draw a circle? Most of y'all, myself included, can't do it without some help. A perfect circle? It's difficult. Maybe, maybe a couple of our artists can do it. And they want me to drive in a perfect circle? But here's the thing about roundabouts. While they're anxiety-inducing and while... Most Americans find them to be ridiculous. The reason that they put them in is because studies show that they reduce vehicle speeds, increase driver attentiveness, and in turn, reduce severe accidents. The decline in crashes occurs because of a reduction of the points of conflict. Now, I'm geeking out on you right now, and I've got 22 minutes, but this is an important geek out, okay? Do we have that picture up of the points of contact? Do we have that? No? Yes? No, next one. There, look here. Look at this. Every one of those dots and squares are a point of conflict in a four-way intersection. There's 32 vehicle conflicts and 24 pedestrian conflicts in a traditional intersection with stop signs or lights. I want you to see the difference. A roundabout, there's eight vehicle conflicts and eight pedestrian conflicts. Eight compared to 32. 24 Now I know it's a geeky thing But when I found this I got really excited because I have a good reason to like roundabouts now The other thing that it does is because you're always moving this way instead of coming straight on Whole lot less people being t-boned whole lot less people in severe accidents. There's accidents but because of there's less points of conflict somebody say conflict Now, if you can't figure out where I'm going with this, you ain't been paying attention. There's less points of conflict when we start moving together. When we start loving God, loving people and what? Yeah, now you're getting it. You wanna know what we're focusing on this year? Oh man. I know y'all think we don't play in anything, but I promise we've been talking about loving God. We talked about loving people. This year, we're focused on living life together. Living life together is the intersection of loving God and loving people. I know it's late. I'll say it again next Sunday. Because when I say it again, you're gonna be like, whoo, pastor, okay? Some of y'all, some of y'all be like, pastor. living life together is the intersection it's it can you put that back up put that put that uh yeah yeah. it's it's this of loving god okay our, our vertical relationship and loving people our horizontal relationships right here is what we're focused on in 2024 okay Right here. And, and most of us live our lives with 32 conflicts and 24 conflicts instead of eight. So how do we get there? How do we start this? What do we need to talk about to get there? Well, when we stop seeing our lives as four way stops at the intersection of these two, love God, love people. And we start seeing it as a roundabout that never stops. Points of conflict reduce. Can I tell you a secret about that person that you don't really like in church? You're gonna see them 52 Sundays. If you come every Sunday and they come every Sunday. Okay? That's a whole lot of potential for conflict. That's a whole lot of potential for some collisions. Oh, But man, it's also potential for some amazing opportunities some incredible, being the church like we've never been before. All right, I'm going, I'm going familiar tonight because this is where we really, we really start living life together. When we live as if that intersection is a roundabout and not some four-way stop, points of conflict reduce, conflict with God I even you know you can have conflict with God. Am I the only one that's ever had conflict with God? No, can't be. I yell at God all the time, but also conflict with people. This is where we start living life. Take a look, open your Bibles to Matthew. It's gonna be up on the screen too. We're gonna to read two very familiar scriptures to you. Matthew 22, 34 through 40. It says this, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question him again. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire, somebody say entire. I'm making sure you're awake. I know the lights are down. The music is amazing. So I'm yelling at you, making sure you stay awake. I'm gonna have you talk back to me a little bit. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Now jump over to Matthew 28. Let's read our second scripture. Another another very familiar scripture to you. Matthew 28, verse 16. Then the 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. There was 11 because this was after Jesus died. Judas, uh, who I I have a theory, did not set out to betray Jesus, but did, is now dead. There was a conflict at an intersection. He made the wrong choice. He wrecked. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some of them doubted because there's always conflict. Jesus came and told the disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, I need to tell you this, and then we're going to jump into these points. You're getting this now, and everybody who is not here is coming in on the second sermon of this series, okay? So you're going to have to catch them up. So you call somebody who's not here tonight, tomorrow, and tell them you missed them, and be like, hey, Pastor, man, I know pastor don't always preach great messages, but last night you missed the best one he's ever preached, okay? Somebody said, hey, man, I like it. You tell them and then you tell them, you tell them, you give them the four points from the message here in just a little bit. Now, I'm gonna get a little Dr. Seuss-y on you tonight, okay? We all love Dr. Seuss. I wanna make sure you remember these. I want them to be catchy. I want them to be inside of your head, okay? You got them there on your notes. So here it is. He's been given all authority. This is the first point. So Jesus is our priority. Come on, you can guess these. Lily done wrote all four of them. a text message that said your notes got to get a little harder lily done got them all come here give me give me a high five yeah jesus has got to be our priority now listen to what he says he says i've been given all authority now this commission that follows this statement of authority it's given in light of the authority of jesus jesus is giving us a command not a suggestion He's about to tell us the course of our lives. This is the path that you walk on. This is what you were created to do. This is why. And in case you forget it, I've been given the authority to tell you this is why. It's the same idea as if an officer reminded a a private of his rank before he gave an order. Because he has this authority, he can send whomever he wills to do whatever he pleases. Now this is very different than the way we live. I I need you to hear this. If you don't get anything else tonight, Jesus has gotta be a priority, which means that his authority has to matter in your life. If you are living your own life your own way, with your own principles, by your own standards, by your own morals, on your own path, you're wrong. I don't care how long you've been coming to church. I don't care what your grandma did. I don't care how many times you've read your Bible, if you're living life your own way, and you've abdicated your responsibility to the authority of Jesus Christ, you're lost. It's time to get back under the authority. It's the only way he can be a priority. Jesus is our priority. It's, our core, it's a core value of who we are as a church. You're gonna get sick of hearing these four things. In the next probably six weeks, you're, gonna, you're just gonna get sick of hearing them. But Jesus has gotta be our priority. The reality is that most of us live life under our own authority, ignoring the authority that Jesus has been given. Power in the hands of some people is dangerous, but power in the hands of Jesus Christ, it's a blessing. We gotta let him have the power and authority. It's power and if this is a power and authority that we can rest in, we can enter a new year not worried. We have to give all our power to Him. This is where many of us have problems with loving God. This is one of the conflicts that we run into. We blame it on a multitude of other things, but the reality is we have an issue with authority that we refuse to address. Come on, I need you to feel the words of God tonight. Nothing I say is gonna convict you, but the Word of God, hopefully it does, listen. I, these are the words of Jesus Christ, have been given all authority in heaven and on earth, therefore. Second, our second core value, in a very Dr. Susie form, we go to all nations, so community is our foundation. Because Jesus has this authority in our lives, we're commanded to go. It's his authority that sends us, guides us, empowers us. His work and message have to continue to the world. But he's leaving. it has gotta continue through his disciples. And before you think, I'm not the one to go, pay attention to who he sent. Listen to, listen to this. Peter, he was rash and headstrong. He always put his foot in his mouth. John, He was a man who wishes to call fire from heaven to destroy men. Philip, someone who spent a lot of time with Jesus but didn't really know him. Thomas, a man who needed proof before he would believe. We think highly of all of these guys but there was no power in these men but they were good for his purpose. because there was power in him. So go make community as a part. Everyone, go everywhere. Your workplace, share the gospel. When you're at the store, share the gospel. When you're at school, share Jesus, show Jesus. I promise you what it does is when you love God and love people at the same time and you turn that intersection into a roundabout, conflicts begin. to break off. I'm not telling you it's gonna be easy. But when you introduce someone to eternity, when you introduce someone to eternity, it changes things. Community's gotta be our foundation. Remember that roundabout I was telling you about and how they reduce conflict because there are less points of conflict. When Jesus is our priority and community is our foundation, when we never stop loving god and loving people we reduce conflict i don't know about you but i could use a little less conflict in my life thirdly is this we are distinct so invitation is our instinct we are distinct so invitation is our instinct when we go to them, we are to baptize and teach them. That's different, That's, we teach them different than what they know. This is a distinctive command given to us to invite them into living life together with God and us. We're distinct, an invitation to God must be our instinct. We can't be scared of it, anxiety riddled by it, overwhelmed by it, and it has to be instinct, like breathing, flinching, heart beating digesting, blinking, everything. It has to be your instinct. It's got to be the thing you're watching for. It's got to be the thing you're looking for. Where's the window? Where's the opportunity? How can I show love and the love of Jesus to this person? It's got to be instinct. Disciples are made through teaching and the teaching is not with words only, but with the power of the always present Jesus. He'll be present with his people until the job of making disciples is done is what he says. That leads us to our last core value. He's never a part, so transformation is our heart. You know, that person you think can't change, that person you think there's no hope for, it might be you. I promise you, transformation can happen. It's gotta be my heart for myself. It's gotta be my heart for my children. It's gotta be my heart for my church and my community and my government. Do you know what? I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. I really don't. Transformation's my heart. I want to see the country change. I want to see the world change. I want to see my city change. It's got to start with the church changing. Come on, come on, you and me, you and me. You know how many, I want you to think about how many times in the last six months you've been invited to this altar. And how many times in the last six months you were an example for one of these kids. I was standing up here, couldn't hear myself singing because all I could hear was them. I got so excited. I didn't know what to. Listen, if you ain't got both in-ears up here, they sing with these headphones in so they can hear the music a little bit better. If you take one out and these guys are on the front row, forget it. You can't hear a thing. They're leading the charge. Mm. I'm I'm, I'm going to meddle for a second. Gentlemen, gentlemen in the room. I'm proud of our kids. Oh, but I want want them to see us do it. I I want them to see strong men who are not afraid to show emotion and to love God with everything inside of them. To love people until it hurts. To love people so much that we're willing to do whatever it takes. He's never apart, so transformation must be our heart. The promise of his presence is a complete promise. In the English, the adverb always brings about an expression found in the New Testament that's only in this place it strictly it means the whole of every day not just the horizon in view but every day as we live it think about that every day Even the days I can't see, even the hard days, even the days when I'm grieving, even the days when I'm lost, even the days when I'm broke, the days that I can't understand, the days that I can't go on. He says, I am there. I'm never going to leave you. And because of that, you can be transformed. You can be what I've called you to be. Watch this, the presence, listen to this, I know, we're, we're about done. The, the presence means privilege. The very presence of Jesus means privilege in our lives. Because we work with the great King Paul understood this principle in 1st Corinthians 3 9 he wrote for we are both God's workers and you are God's field You are God's building. He said since Jesus promised I am with you always then we will work with him in all our service He hasn't left us alone We work with Jesus, but or for Jesus, but more than that we work with Jesus his presence listen means protection Because we're never out of his sight or supervision. His presence means power because as we fulfill this great command, we work in his name. His presence means peace because it always reminds us that the church belongs to Jesus. It's his church and his work. And we stand all across the room. We're going to worship in the new year. And I want you to hear this. Life is full of everyday intersections. That's the series name. That's where we're going for the next six weeks. Everyday intersections. But in the end, we, have, we must constantly be traveling on the roads of love God and love people. It's at that intersection that we live life together. It's at that intersection that we gather together before a meeting like this and play Monopoly. I promise you, you play Monopoly with somebody, you will learn things about them that you can't learn anywhere else. You might pray for them differently also. (laughs) We can never stop. It's not a four-way stop intersection, it's a roundabout. To do travel, to travel these roads correctly and effectively, we have to live by these four core values. These things must influence our behavior. They have to become our DNA. We have to be transformed first. And I don't wanna start the year off having to prime a pump and get us there. What's gonna happen when we come into this place next Sunday? There's, I don't know how many people in the room, but we come into this place next Sunday and everybody who wasn't here tonight can feel a difference in the room because of those of us who were. Jesus is our priority. You gotta drop the authority issues. Community is our foundation. Isolation or discrimination issues, no more. Invitation is our instinct. If anxiety or apathy keeps you from sharing Jesus with people or inviting them to church, inviting them to dinner, inviting them into this, this beautiful life that we live together, you've got to make that a core value. Invitation is our instinct. And finally, transformation must be our heart. This is a problem if, if complacency is in place. Imagine what would happen Imagine the changes in your family, in you, in this church, in our community, if we grab onto these four very simple things and apply them to our life, even if we have to do it like Dr. Seuss. Jesus, we love you. We praise you. And Lord, as we praise in this new year tonight, we give you all the glory and honor. Challenge us, Lord, and change us. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. Don't forget to visit us at Life Church ROA on Instagram and Facebook for updates, service times, and ways to get involved. If you made a decision to follow Jesus today, we would love to partner with you on your next steps. Visit lifechurchroa.org/slash-Jesus to learn more. We love you, and we can't wait to see you soon.